From the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation, this is the Wisdom Chain Podcast. I'm Tim Olson. Thanks for tuning in. On June 15th, 2021, the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation welcomed five fantastic speakers to the Rough Riders Hotel in Medora. There, they shared wisdom that can apply to business, family, faith, and everything in between. We called it the first annual Wisdom Chain Day, and we were honored to be joined by dozens of people, not just from North Dakota, but around the country in the audience there at Wisdom Chain Day. But in case you weren't able to join us, we wanted to make all five of those presentations available to you here in podcast form. So each week for the next five weeks, we'll release a Wisdom Chain Day speech right here in your podcast feed. Now, before we get to today's speech by TRMF President Randy Hudson Bueller, I want to explain what the Wisdom Chain is. It's a philosophy that came from this man. Dick Anderson. One of the philosophies that I came with early in life, whatever I wanted to do, regardless whether it was in the family or in the business world or with customers, clients, or you, Medora Foundation, all I ask myself is about three or four simple questions. Is it constructive to the whole, meaning everyone? Dick is the founder of Cadet Manufacturing, which became a hugely successful company selling heaters. And if you ask Dick, part of the reason for that success was his approach to finding business collaborators. When he'd visit a potential distributor for his product, he would set a chain on the table between them. I was able to sit there and watch his face, and I could tell when his mind went from, how do I get rid of this guy, to what's that? And the minute that happened, and I was comfortable that that was happening, I would pick this up and I would say, I, I, you're probably wondering what this is all about. So what I would do then is hold this up and tell them who they were. Here's us, here's the you the distributor, here's the local contractor, here's this, this. So at the end of the day, the wisdom chain then, when I left that distributor's house that day, and I said, I know you're a busy man, I know you got a lot of things in your plate, I know you got, you know, like all of us do in the business world, I'm going to leave this with you. I want you to think about it. I have checked you out, and I think there's seven of you within 15 miles of where I'm sitting. You have come up as number one in my book. And I'd like to come back in two or three weeks. I'll call you and let you know ahead of time. And I'll come back in two or three weeks, and all you have to do is say, Dick, let's talk about the chain, or let's forget it. And invariably, then, when I left it on their desk, you see, they'd be looking at that almost every day for the sake of their employees, for the sake of themselves, and for the sake of everybody around them, say, I better talk to that guy a little bit more. I better talk to him a little bit more. And that's exactly what happened. And, and every time, nobody threw it out and said, this is not worth it. You're right. We got to think about the long term, because I was only concerned with them about the long term picture. This idea that every aspect of the chain is important, not just you or the people near you, helped Dick find the right people to work with, and it helped his business thrive. But it's an idea that goes beyond business, as this week's presenter explains. So, let's listen now to Randy Hudson Bueller's presentation from Wisdom Chain Day 2021. Thank you, Tim. This is in honor of Dick Anderson. I'm just going to lay it right here on the table, okay? 
The screen says, building character-based leaders through work and educational experiences in Medora. That's what today is. I love starting any talk with a favorite quote of mine. Life is a rush into the unknown. You can duck down, hope nothing hits you, or you can stand tall, show your teeth, grin, and say, dish it up, baby, and don't be stingy with the jalapenos. <laughs> what the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, I always say in Medora, it's coming. Um, we're getting busy, and I kind of feel that way with this uh, first attempt at a wisdom chain day. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what's coming. I've got three parts to this presentation. The first is, what is the wisdom chain to me personally? Then some exercises that I'm going to ask you to do. And then a little story about popcorn, because that's my philosophy. Uh, Dick Anderson has had a great impact on me. There are three rules for the day. The first one is I've got the mic, so I get to interrupt my train of thought anytime I want with a story about Harold Schaefer. And so that's how I'd like to begin. It was a privilege to work with Harold Schaefer for about 13 years before he died on December 2, 2001. And my first memory, some of you have heard me say this before, I was working for about three weeks for the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. There were about 64 manila folders about the history of Gold Seal and the transfer and the creation of a new organization. And I was reading through one or two of them after hours every night I had decided that's what I would do. Sometimes they were so interesting I would read five or six and I'm really lucky that my wife is very understanding of those kinds of long nights. It was quarter to midnight, and I was in the office at the then Gold Seal building. By myself, I thought. And around the corner came Harold Schaefer, and he goes, Man, we're cranking it out tonight, aren't we? I jumped off my chair, thought I might have wet my pants or soiled myself. He just startled me. The thing that I remember about that is stuck with me forever. This brand new organization, Harold Schaefer was writing out personal handwritten thank you cards and taking a little lapel pin of Theodore Roosevelt and attaching them to the card and sending them to any person who sent in a $5 donation. You'll see some commonality, I think, between every presenter and the principles of the wisdom chain that people like Harold Schaefer just did it naturally, maybe without even thinking. I'm also allowed, rule number two, to interrupt myself with anything about Theodore Roosevelt, if I would like to, because we work here in Medora. So we've got some young folks who are working with us with the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. By the way, there's maybe dozens more who are connected via Teams meeting right now from the staff of the Medora Foundation. And if you're young, you might be going to college. You might say, what are you going to do? And I reread it. I think I unfortunately left the book in my case over here, The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt. On page 98 of that book, Theodore Roosevelt is lamenting the loss of his father. And he is writing in his journal that his uncle has come and tried to give him advice. And here's a guy who goes on to do a few things. Build the Panama Canal, President of the United States, Rough Rider, all those things. And what he's writing in his journal 
as a third-year student at Harvard is I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do with my life. It was the first book I read when I came to work here, and I wrote in the margins of my book because my kids were about four and a half and just not quite two. Don't forget this when the kids get older. And it's, I think it's really one of those things that life works out if you trust in it. The um, third rule is you get to interrupt me anytime that you want to if you've got a question or a comment. So I have a lot to cover. I'm going to speak really fast, so you have to listen really fast, too. The wisdom chain. Tim introduced Tim uh, Dick Anderson to you. I want to take a moment right now. We have board members here. We have two-time governor Ed Schaefer and secretary of agriculture, who will also be presenting later. Ed, thank you for being part of the day. It, this is not the kind of event to be making introductions all around but I do want you to know he's chairman of the board. And we also have Dick Anderson's daughter, Barb, and son-in-law, who flew in from Washington yesterday and drove over from Billings. It means a lot that you're here. Thank you for coming. Dick Anderson I met 10 years ago. One of the more interesting, driven people I've ever met, and kindest. Uh, there's a few people in my life that I said, where did all these people come from the exact same place? They're like Harold Schaefer, Frank Larson, Sister Thomas Welder, and Dick Anderson. And Dick did, as Tim said, he showed me after about four years of, of stopping and visiting with him, he did one time exactly what he described about. He laid this chain. Are you able to hear me in the back? And he, he got me. What's the chain, Dick? And he held it up, just like he said. He said, I was a manufacturer. I would go into the distributor's place. I knew in 30 seconds if they had any interest at all in me. If it didn't look like they did, he laid it on there. And then if they glanced down, he would pick it up. And he said, here I am. And I need you. You're the distributor. But I also got to remember, I've got employees here. I have to remember that it takes a power company with transmission lines to carry the electricity so that my product can be of use. And there needs to be a retailer that you're going to find. And at the end of the day, there's got to be a customer who's going to use my product. And if you're not with Dick, I can't possibly do it justice. But he would say, if you're only interested in me, I thank you. But I'm not interested in doing business with you. I am only interested in doing business with people who care about everybody on this chain. And if you're that kind of person, that kind of business, then we can do some work together. And the simplicity of the way he talked about that, and I thought a lot, did Dick know that at the time, or is it after decades of work in reflection that he really, really appreciated what was powerful about this? You, you can have an all-day conference, but I think the power is that you can tell the story in two minutes. That's the wisdom chain. Well, now, at age 92, and actually probably for a decade or more, Dick has had this really solid thought that he wants to do things that are good for the masses. He uses really interesting language when you're with him. It reminds me of Harold Schaefer when he would say, everything is wonderful. He can't be discouraged. 
He absolutely is convinced and hopes that other people will also be convinced that the wisdom chain can make a difference in the world, not just for a manufacturing company. And I love the language of, of Dick Anderson. I can, I can, I've heard it many times and I never grow tired of it. He will ask questions. Is it constructive, not destructive? I don't want to play the destructive game. Is it constructive for the whole? Only after you've listened to him talk about the chain do you know what he means by the whole. Is it constructive for the whole? Will it make the world a better place for you and me for today and tomorrow? And can it be good for the masses? That's the kind of language that Dick will always use. So the interesting thing about taking this idea from a manufacturer He's come and he's explained to me, this applies to many disciplines. It's simple yet powerful, and it takes just a couple of minutes. And at the end of the day, we all know what it is. It's the golden rule with the visual. It's a golden rule beyond just the person you're working with. It's extended beyond that. So what, right, right now, what I would like to do is an exercise, and it's going to be a little bit quiet. I think all of you have a pen and one of the books. Here's the idea that I'd like you to go through. And, and, and I, By the way, Dick is actually watching in on Teams, and that's why my palms are sweaty. I'm so nervous trying to communicate that Dick's vision. So, Dick, I hope that uh, you're okay with where this is going. When he talks about the masses... Dick is not a small thinker, not at all. He thinks about the wisdom chain in this way. He said, Randy, your job is to raise the money for the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. For a year, I had some responsibility with the presidential library as well. He said, think about the wisdom chain and figure out how to do your job better. And I think I spent couple of hours thinking about that, but I had it in the first two minutes. It didn't change. So again, my job, if I'm right here, if I'm the gift officer for an organization, what am I thinking about? If I try to place myself somewhere in the middle, if I'm the gift officer, I know I have an organization, the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation, that's made up of employees and volunteers and board members. Those are really important people. I gotta be thinking about them when I'm talking to the donor. Whatever my conversation is with the donor is gonna have a big effect on the people of the Medora Foundation. And in this little town, when I'm talking to the donor, I have to think about whatever we're talking about, what effect is it gonna have on this little community called Medora? There's private businesses, there's city government, there's county. I want to keep those things in my mind when I'm having that conversation. And I can truthfully tell you, it's only when Dick and I started talking that I was much more intentional, much more conscious of saying, who are the other people in this? And then if I look at that donor and I say, who's important to that donor? Their family. Any decision they make to help us is going to have an impact on their family. 
Dick and his family is a very unique donor. I have met four generations of Dick's family on purpose. Barb, you, you were there. Your daughter was there. Your grandchildren were there on purpose because Dick wanted me to know who is impacted when he's thinking about things for Medora. Ultimately, though, I also have to think about the visitor to Medora, the guest. How will all this affect? Whatever I'm asking this person to do, if someone came in and said, here's this enormous gift, I've got the greatest idea in the world, we're going to put a casino up. There will be some people who would cheer. But if I look all along this chain and understand what kind of organization we are, I'm going to be very, very easily directed as to what the right thing to do is. So this makes the sense of what Dick is saying, how this little chain can help you. Here's the silence. You're going to get one minute, two minutes at most. When he talks about the masses, I can get emotional at how incredibly wise the man is. Because what he talks about is, how many of you are husbands or wives in this room? Okay? Quietly, right now, I want to take, have you take your book out, grab your pen, and create the wisdom chain for being a better husband or a better wife. Think about it. You might not be finished, but you might have started. And I always feel like when you are at a, a conference like this uh, or a day, you should take something back with you that makes you think. Uh, you're going to hear from Gerald Sharon later, uh, who gave a sermon at the Burning Hills Amphitheater on Sunday. And I made notes after the sermon because it was so good, and I want to think about the things that he had to say. That's the, there's no quiz here. I'm not going to ask you to share it. But I'm going to ask you to do a second one. Uh, that was a husband-wife. Some of you might be a, fa a, a mother or a father. And I want you to think about that. Dick would challenge you that if you're involved with the church, you should take this out and say, how do we become a better church? And I am positive he would say the possibilities are endless. Um, but just take another 90 seconds if you are a father or a mother, dad or mom, think about how the, the chain could apply to you in that setting. All right, I'm, I'm going to pause it at that and fully expect that we're just going to keep moving on unless somebody wants to say, hey, I want to share what I thought about this. Anybody, quickly, if I don't see a hand go up in three seconds, that's the normal thing that happens when you do that in a large room. <laughs> But if at any point in time somebody does say, hey, I, I want to share what I, you know, I thought about something differently. I'm going to transition. Again, I said earlier that the wisdom chain, the strength of it is the simplicity of it. And it's really about leadership. That's, I, I believe, you know, the, the whole point. It's about leadership. And I think you're going to see that through all of the speakers today. In a sense, different people have different views about leadership. And I want to share a little bit about this with you. Have any of you ever gone to church? Have you ever gone to church and one Sunday morning something happens like this? Wow! I heard that a thousand times and I never listened once. And then something makes it happens. 
that is what happened with the wisdom chain for me. It was just, boom, it made sense. So, you know, I hope that happens for you. And when you hear some of these talks from the other people, I'm going to transition to things that in my 33 years of working in Medora um, relate to the work experiences and how I view leadership. I wrote this about 25 years ago. A strong organization delivers truly unique experiences requiring ordinary efforts from ordinary people willing to do more. Right now in Medora, we are running probably at 80% of a normal staff year. Uh, first week in July, we will get 15 more food service people, and that's going to be exciting. But what's happening right now is some really wonderful, everyday, ordinary people are doing extra things. My, my executive assistant, Mickey, would you take a little wave? I'm going to embarrass her. On Sunday, she's my executive assistant. She was doing housekeeping for three and a half hours so that the guests would have clean rooms. And I, I, it's not fair to call her ordinary because she's uh, special. But um, that happens with a lot of people in Medora. They wear a lot of hats. I think it's one of the really cool things about working here. I believe I've got the best job in North Dakota, and right there is why. Working with young people, beautiful setting, get to go to the Medora musical every night, and uh, never grow tired of the Badlands. I had a mentor. I was his boss. His name was Winston Satran. Uh, 25 years ago, when, when uh, my boss died, Winston would have a weekly meeting with me. And he said, about the third week that he was on the job, he said, we're going to have a conversation next week, Randy, about leadership. And I'm thinking, we've got to sell steaks and get rooms cleaned. We haven't got time for that. But we had the meeting, and he said, I want you to write down your one-sentence definition of leadership, and then I'm going to share mine with you. So we got together the following week, and I had mine, and for me it was original, and in time I realized, well, it was just kind of a combination of things that I'd heard or read or listened to other people. My definition was show people the possibilities and then get out of their way. Winston Satran's definition was, Leadership is a series of body punches taken daily that over time takes its toll. <laughs> Leadership is a series of body punches taken daily that over time takes its toll. I said, that sucks. <laughs> I like mine better. But I'm guessing as I look around, some of you have led companies for a long while, or organizations, I have come to appreciate both of them. When you are in leadership, you have to make decisions, and not everybody is always going to agree with them. The heart of what I want to share with you is something that, um, something I call sometimes you got to sell popcorn. And I think it's what Dick Anderson understood when he was doing things. I've seen it with all kinds of people who work in Medora. I will credit. A, a lady named Susan O'Malley, I heard her speak 25, 27 years ago. She had seven steps. A couple of them are similar. But I just really thought about that at the time. And, and what would my seven steps be if I really wanted to think about every day, how do I want to go about my work? And I'll share these with you in rapid-fire fashion. If you want to 
If you want to write them down, if you don't, I think they're maybe on the sheet. Oh, man, you got them, so now you have all seven of them, and I don't have to tell you what they are. <laughs> Step number one, make your bed every day. And I think some of you may have heard a high-ranking military official uh, give a commencement speech and wrote a book. I think he's made millions of dollars. And his step number one was make your bed every day, too. But I wrote it 25 years before he did. So that's <laughs> I didn't reach the rank that he had to be able to sell millions of books. <laughs> the reason is obvious. You can't do the second thing right until you do the first. It's the easiest thing in the world. As a person of faith, I actually have a prior step. I shared it with uh, Governor Schaefer last night when we were having dinner. For some reason, when I was a little boy, we had an instructor who had us write a paper about what's the scariest thing that could happen to you. Think about that. Why would they have you do that? But for me, it was eyesight. I was, that would be horrible if I lost my eyesight. So the first thing for me before making the bed is when I open my eyes in the morning, I say thank you, Lord, for my eyesight. Because I always have been kind of like, what would that be like if I didn't see so the first step is make your bed every day. The second step is plan your work, work your plan. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a real honor when people come to Medora and get really close to the organization and make observations like, I had no idea the breadth and the scope of what's going on. And that's good. We've got warts. We're not perfect by any stretch. But if the visitor doesn't feel those and see those, we're at least winning the game a little bit. It doesn't happen without a plan, though. We're like a lot of places. I put this particular picture up on the screen for you. It's a long time ago. It was 2001. But 344 people lined up on the street to build a children's park. There was not one board pre-cut or pre-drilled, and it grew out of the ground in four and a half days. 10,000 man hours were donated. Two people ran the project from Ithaca, New York. They had a plan. They knew what they needed every person to do. So plan your work, work your plan. The third one is uh, extremely important. And Dick Anderson, again, is a perfect example. People want to help you. But you have to make your expectations known. That's the only way they know where you need help. And so I think whether it's in a career or at this point in time, I'm letting you all know if you don't have anything to do this summer and you are able to cook, we have a job for you. <laughs> and truthfully, if you do know family members or college kids that are still kind of saying, what am I going to do this summer? That's our expectation, to get as many people aware of what our needs are here in Medora. The fourth one, if this doesn't fit with the wisdom chain, do the right thing. I have one of my all-time favorite stories of working in Medora. Um, you have to understand that I am extremely prone to losing things. Some of our employees may just be grinning right now. Um, I had, that, that's from a childhood boy. I just kind of seem to just go on to the next thing. The story I share is being about 11 or 12 years old, camping at Fort Lincoln State Park south of Mandan, fall of the year, leaves everywhere. Why I had a $20 bill, I have no idea, because we really didn't have very much. But I'm riding my bicycle out there, and I lost the $20 bill. It's impossible that I'm going to find that $20 bill. A couple of hours later, I'm in tears telling my dad, and I think I'm going to get in big trouble. 
And my dad taught me one of the most important things I've ever had because St. Anthony and I are really close. If any of you know the St. Anthony prayer, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, come around. Something is lost. It needs to be found. My dad swears he did not plant a $20 bill. And I don't think he would have had it to plant. I found the $20 bill. So that's been kind of a theme throughout my life. 25, 26 years ago, I'm working in the office, and a lady comes into the office, and she's pretty distraught because she has lost her diamond tennis bracelet. And she, um, she's really concerned, and we talk about it. She was staying in our campground, and uh, they helped. They took the seats out of the van that had driven her up to the theater. They couldn't find it. And it was a blazing hot Sunday morning in August. I said, I'll go up to the amphitheater and look. She wanted to come with. I said, no, why don't you go over to the Rough Rider Hotel like you had planned and have breakfast. So she did. I went up, and we had about eight people working up at the theater. We looked for 20, 30 minutes. Nobody could find it. And if you've ever been up there, you know, they, they you know, sweep the popcorn to the end of the row. I'm up in the upper level where she was supposedly sitting, and I say, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, come around. Something is lost. It needs to be found. And I take the next step, and I kick a mound of popcorn. Whoosh, there it is. I go, whoop, you're really fast today. <laughs> and I bring it down, and it's a $15,000 diamond bracelet, tennis bracelet. I got the best hug I've ever gotten in my life. I got a story that I get to tell forever. She wanted to give me a $500 reward. And I, you know, I couldn't take a reward for that. Uh, this story, by the way, was written in the Fargo Forum because she was brand new to the state. And she wrote this letter to the editor. And uh, what she did instead, without my knowledge, she called the lady, B.J. Riddle, who works for us, found out that I had two kids and made a gift of $1,000 to the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation and put a seat in my children's name at the theater. And that's my favorite seat in the amphitheater. Do the right thing. And if, she, if I had taken $500, I wouldn't know what I spent it on. But I think doing the right thing has been a much greater reward forever. Number five, we try to teach here in Medora, work harder than everybody else. Um, Ed Schaefer took me for a little drive the other day, and I saw something that I hadn't seen in a long time. Harold Schaefer had a box on his desk, and I apologize, Ed. If you're going to say this, I will hold that off. I'm going to hold it off. I just realized you might have. Stay tuned for Ed's sharing of that. <laughs> number, number, and I think I mixed these up. Uh, so work harder than everybody else. Uh, number four, number four was if it's wrong, pardon me, if it's wrong, fix it. I think anybody who is in business has had to battle this situation. Something's not going right. So you need to tell somebody about it. And tell another person, and tell another person, and tell another person. And pretty soon, nine people are burdened with what's not right instead of owning it and fixing it. If you can't, then find the person who can. So, you know, in, in uh, the final step, which I might have just raced by, is I say sometimes you have to sell popcorn. 
In other words, if you've ever been to the show, there's a chance I've sold you popcorn. I've done it for 33 years, and it's a blast for me. I just love running around and meeting the people in the theater. And over time, I've grown to appreciate that it has more value than just the fun that I get to have. After many years, I could start to anticipate when certain people were going to be in the theater and know what seats they're going to sit in. And I could have conversations with them while I was running around and selling popcorn. So it's the obvious thing that if you are at work, figure out how to have fun. I, I, I know that I could have fun mowing the lawns around this town. Uh, it's really a mindset more than the job that you have to have. Uh, so I'll recap real quickly. Make your bed every day. Plan your work, work your plan. Make your expectations known. Do the right thing. Because uh, I, I did that out of order. <laughs> if, it's, if it's wrong, fix it. Work harder than everybody else. Do the right thing. And sometimes you have to sell popcorn and have a lot of fun at job. Uh, Randy Hudsonbuehler. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Chain podcast from the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. Next week, we'll hear from Ed Schaefer, former governor of North Dakota, former secretary of agriculture under President George W. Bush, and chair of the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation Board of Directors. We'll talk to you then.